This is the Gallinach Masters Cycling Podcast. I'm Norman Blissett, your host for the show. Gallinach Masters Cycling is a global community of 50 years and older cyclists who support each other to love life through riding our bikes. Each week we share inspiring stories from our riders around the world, showcase great places to ride our bikes and give tips to help you get fitter, healthier and more confident on the bike. Welcome everyone to this latest Gallinac Masters Cycling Podcast. I'm Norman Blissett and delighted to welcome Foggy. How are you doing, Foggy? You're right. Very good, thank you. As usual. I hear it's winter, or winter's approaching anyway. Yeah, it's the last few weeks of autumn, but we've already dropped down to minus five. Um, and this down the road for me, which is another 15k or so, is about minus seven this morning. So, uh, yeah, beautiful mornings, but pretty chilly. Yeah, so frosty mornings, and then what the, the, the sun usually comes out, does it? And Oh, the sun will come up and it'll, it it warms up. I mean, yeah, you'll get you'll get probably a ten degree difference during the day, but it's definitely um, part of the world that you know about it when the frost's here. So you still still beautiful, still beautiful, yeah, and still get out on the bike during the day. Uh, yeah, we, we, yeah, absolutely. Um, we were out, you know, the weekend at the opening ride of the Lake Dunstan Trail. That was the official opening. So we were riding in the opposite direction to the week before, and and it was cold. So you just wrap up right, you know, you've just got to put the right layers on. Yeah. How many layers did you have on? Well, I usually wear um, a a base layer thermal and then um, a a sort of jersey, a cycling jersey and then a gilet over the top. So I'll get, I'll usually, that sort of temperatures, I'll get away with those layers. But then um, we're, we're kitted out with good thermal jackets as well in case, um, you know, for proper winter riding. Um, and I, my bib longs are, are sort of not fleece lined, but they've got a nice um, sort of thick lining in them, which, uh, which helps. Yeah. The, the biggest issue is your extremities, of course, isn't it? You know, it's your toes and your fingers. Yeah. I, I always uh, measure the, head. the rides and the number of layers. So, like a three-layer ride is pretty cold, but four-layer, yeah, that's quite that's quite serious when you get to that 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 number, yeah. yeah. And and no matter, I mean, my I'm, my I tend not to have problems with my hands, but my feet, I I've just on a really really cold ride, I can have you know, two pairs of thermal socks on, yeah, cycling shoes obviously over you know over shoes over the you know thick winter yeah. over shoes over the over the top of that um and still get cold um yeah my feet i mean yeah. i know there's lots of tricks about wrapping polythene bags around your feet and all that sort of stuff which i've which i have done but that just makes my feet swell up and it just like feels really unpleasant so i mean the blood's all moving away from the extremities to feed the muscles in the heart yeah so you're not you're not pumping warm blood around your extremities, so that's where you get cold. And then of course, it's your feet are relatively still on a bike. You yeah, know, they're not moving around an awful lot to to, to create some circulation. Yeah, My wife has Raynaud's Raynaud's disease, which means she, in the cold, uh, has really poor circulation and gets cold rapidly. Like one minute she'll be saying, "Hi, 
the next minute, and like 30 seconds later, she's just literally an ice block. So we have to look after her because she can get hypothermia pretty quickly. So, but yeah, just it's just the right gear. It's like, like Billy Connolly said, it's there's no such thing as bad weather. It's just the wrong clothes. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm although I'm from Scotland, I'm definitely someone who prefers hot weather. I'd rather have a. I'd rather have a thirty degrees Celsius rise than a minus ten degree one. ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's we're, we're not here to talk about clothing and winter today we are here to talk about injuries injuries on the bike so foggy what's your what's your worst injury that you've had that you've had to recover from i've had a lot of sort of not broken bones but a lot of sort of overuse injuries over the over the years but the the funniest one was probably the most recent one which was a couple of years ago um and the the reason it's funny is because I was on my mountain bike, a hardtail mountain bike, and I was I was um, had a day off in in the week, and I was spinning around some of the local trails at a place called Lake Harway, uh, around sort of Albert Town and Wanaka and Lake Harway, and it's a cracking off road trails. But there's one part where you have to walk up some wooden steps and walk down the other side, which is like a, it's like a, a proper built style for um, taking mountain bikes over, but you have to lift your bike over. So I hooked the bike up onto my right shoulder, as you normally do, fit your arm through it, climbed up on to the steps. And um, from memory, uh, because it, it's quite wide steps, I was just not even thinking, hit a metal edge uh, on the other side with my cleat. So although I had mountain bike shoes on, it's got a metal on metal and just that tiny little um, few seconds or microsecond, if you like, of touching the metal, I went, and it just went flying and went up in the air um, because of the, the, the height of where I was standing on the step and came crashing down onto the um, wooden steps with the, right into my lower back. And the pain that shot through my lower back was just phenomenal. But to finish it off, as I land on the step, the uh, bike comes down because I'd thrown the bike from, from my shoulder. The bike comes down, the rear wheel clunks me on the head and the handlebars go straight into my plums. So I'm not, you can imagine that picture now. So screaming in agony because my back's hurting, but then the thing comes down, whacks me on the head and then gets me straight in the plums. So I'm kind of doubled up with three different parts of my body hurting. Fortunately, the helmet on, I saved my head. Anyway, the, um, long story short, I found my wife and said I've had a bit of a nasty, I, I couldn't, I, I could hardly move. I thought I'd actually broken a bone in, in my spine. Um, and eventually got started to, uh, go, you know, be able to move a little bit. And I said, I just said, no, I'll, I'll try and ride home. And I rode home in agony, got home because she was at work, obviously couldn't get me. Um, and then I had to go and I had to go and get uh, scanned. Um, and it was, it, I was lucky. Um, uh, there was a lot of soft tissue damage, didn't break anything. Um, but they discovered I had arthritis uh, in my lower back when they did the scan. So I recovered from it, but it's never really been, you know, perfect since then just got to be a bit careful when we're back so sadly no yeah. no video was taken of the this incident no i actually when i i reported he says it back showing to a lot of sympathy because, for you no there's no sympathy at all so when i reported it back i obviously put a bit of humor into the description of what happened and there was just you know just the comments that came back from from by email from work was quite uh interesting um 
But yeah, there's no, there's nothing to hurt in my head, and there's not much to hurt down below either these days. So <laughs> it was my back that was worried about. What? Yeah. So I wasn't actually riding; I was carrying my bike. <laughs> so how, how? What was the gap between then and getting back on the? Well, obviously you, you rode back home, but um, did, did you have some time off the bike after? Yeah. Well, I should. I probably shouldn't have ridden, but I, I was kind of a bit isolated and a bit stubborn as well, I suppose. So off I went but yeah it was a while because um, I mean it took weeks to to settle in terms of the, the, the pain in my back because it was I'd, I'd done quite a bit of soft tissue damage you know and I landed literally on a point on a step which is why I thought I'd broken uh, uh, you know a, a broken a vertebrae somewhere I mean I obviously didn't do enough damage to do anything more than you know there was no there was no um, significant damage to nerves or anything like that it was just soft tissue but it was it was sore for quite a while yeah, and because it was right in the lumbar area of my back, you know, kind of leaning forward on a bike was quite uncomfortable. Um, so it took a while, but so how yeah, did you, you learn? How did you recover then? What did, was there anything particular that you did to? Get now with that, because of where it was, I mean, it was uh, you know a bit of uh, a bit of ice um, sort of therapy, trying to trying to get some of the inflammation out um, and painkillers. There was not, there's not an awful lot you can do with, 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 with where the damage was. Um, and then as I started to get, a, you know, ease up with the, the, I guess the pain a little bit, I started to put some more, I get back to doing some stretching and stretching of the hips and the, um, and the hamstrings and stuff, just trying to loosen off the lower back a bit. Um, because I guess stuff just goes into a bit of spasm, doesn't it, to protect you when you, you do soft tissue damage like that. So there was not there was nothing really um, more than that. There was no. I mean, when I got scanned and they discovered that I had a bit of, um, so that was probably a bit more of a, a shock to me. Is that in terms of um, the, the, the arthritis they discovered in, in my lower spine, but I, I, but I think that's come from years of running um, and high impact exercise rather than the cycling. So I just have to manage it. You just have to. I just do a lot of stretching uh, after rides and after runs. Yeah, I think my my um, I'm just um, having flashbacks to some of my <clears throat> crashes. Um, we'll, we'll come to we'll come to injuries, joint injuries in a few in a few minutes. But yeah, my I I have I, I've had a few over the years. I thought I'm lucky. I've not I've not had anything serious, um, which of course is tempting fate. So I've not I've not um, like had serious um, broken bones or anything like that. But I've, yeah, I've, I've fallen off a few times and done some done some damage my my favorite one um well, i've got two favorite ones really one one was um i was out cycling with my son and we were cycling on this trail and i mean he must have been it's a few years ago so he was maybe seven or eight or so and we were cycling cycling along he was in front of me and um he suddenly says oh i've dropped i can't remember what it was he's dropped something i dropped a a toy a, like a cuddly toy thing so he dropped a cuddly toy mm. um and I looked back to see see if I could see it, and as I turned round, and we weren't going fast, but we're going reasonably fast. You know what's coming. So, I, so I turned round to look to see it. So I came, looked back forward again. He'd stopped. He'd just pulled pulling his brakes right in front of me. So I went right over the top of him, and over over the handlebars, landed on my back, um, on the trail with my with the bike still clipped in so i was just lying there like yeah. a you know a tortoise with the um the bike kind of clipped in a but it kind of fell down eventually um so yeah that was uh that i and i yeah did there was a bit of um grazing and like a little bit of um 
well, not road rash because it's trail, so it was kind of it was it was soft. But anyway, that 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 was a good one. My, I did a race a few years ago, um, which is the I have I have crashed a couple of times in races, but this was the this was the 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 funniest one, I suppose. Where I I was it was a crit race, so a road circuit race, actually at Hillingdon. If anyone's listening that knows Hillingdon, and we came, I was in the bunch. We came towards a sort of slight downhill left hand corner. And I just caught the wheel in front of me, sent me into the the guy who was right next to me, and I took him out. And the two of us just went, instead of going left around the corner, we just went straight on into the grass. And I hit a, I hit something. I just went straight over the bars and landed on my back. And we'd been going pretty fast. It was like proper, you know, fast race. Um, landed on my back, and I kind of thought, right, I can't feel anything bad here. I must be okay. And kind of got up and thought, that, that's amazing. I'm like unscathed. And I looked around and then realised that I'd just gone flying head, head, head over the handlebars into a field full of nettles. And then I realised that I, I, apart from the helmet that protected my head, I was stung from like <laughs> basically my head yeah. all the way down to, um, to my feet. Um, and yeah, that was that was pretty unpleasant. But the the guy that I'd crashed into in the race, um, clearly, I mean, it was my fault because I did cut, you know, get the wheel in um, front of me. But he was he was Mister Angry. He was like mm. he just wouldn't he wouldn't he just went you know on and on. I would I, it's the closest that I've got to thumping someone since I was about seventeen. <laughs> um, but I just thought I better not because I don't want to get disqualified and banned from racing. But he was yeah. He was uh, he was not not a happy man, yeah. That's so that that that's that's my most spectacular one, I think. Um, so the injuries there were yeah, it was twenty four hours of pretty unpleasant nettle stings that, and there's not you know yeah, nettle stings. There's not enough a lot you can yeah. do. Um, so yeah, that was that that was that was entertaining. But I yeah, so on on injuries, um, foggy what joint injuries? You know what what are the typical sort of injuries that riders can get? We see. Um you know, if you look at road and track racing, particularly, there's um, a lot of sort of broken collarbones, and you know, because the first thing that a human does when they're coming off a bike forwards, and often it's over the handlebars, sort of jobby, isn't it? Or that you, they're putting their arms out to protect their heads. So you put an arm out. It's like you know, it's like rugby injuries, and then you put your arm out, and bang, you end up with a, a broken collarbone. So I've seen that. Oh, I've been lucky enough to only dislocate and. Um, an AC joint that wasn't riding, but I, I've seen a lot of broken collarbones from cyclists. Um, I've seen uh, a lot of head injuries, um, uh, concussion type injuries, um, and this is why it's so important to wear a helmet. You know, in terms of they, people that if they, they've got a crashed in mountain bike races or road races or, or track races, whatever it might be, or BMX, and, and you know, there's a, a good chance if they didn't have a helmet on, they'd, they'd probably be suffering an incredibly serious brain injury or worse. So I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot of riders struggling to recover from head injuries, um, uh, head knocks, you know, you get the concussion stuff that, that takes a long time. I've seen some horrific splinters from the track racing. Um, you know, there's pretty long splinters that can sometimes, as you're sliding down the track, I've seen a lot of burns, um, friction burns from track racing. Um, mountain biking I've seen some pretty horrific stuff in terms of uh, people going head into, head on into trees so you know facial injuries um, um, broken bones of also from 
manner, um, you know, from uh, from some pretty serious crashes when you're flying downhill at high speed into things. So it goes on. I mean, you, you, you know, at the end of the day, bike sport is risky and we like bike sport to be risky because that's part of the excitement. Um, but even now what I'm seeing in the world of bike tourism are injuries occurring to older riders who are on e-bikes and are not able to control the e-bike properly or they panic and grab the front brake, wash out the front wheel, fall off, end up with you know soft tissue damage right the way up to broken bones and 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 often at relatively low speeds so that's an that's an interesting sort of um uh a direction at the moment i guess in terms of injury um and i guess a lot of those riders being older it takes a lot longer to recover from some of that stuff so yeah so what if you if you're someone who's had a bit of an accident, had a bit of a crash, not done anything too serious, so no broken bones, but a bit shaken up, a few bruises, through scrapes. What what are the tips for recovery and getting back on the bike? Well, I think I think psychologically, get on, if you can get back on the bike as quick as you can, because if you you know particularly as you get older, the the the, the safety valves that you create as a human get bigger and bigger and if you have a crash you know it puts, puts you off um or can put you off and i've seen that quite a lot um uh, a really dear friend of mine uh she's 73 i think now and you we, we'll, we'll, do, we'll be doing a podcast with them soon but she had a quite a, a nasty one on the track racing so she she it was her fault she clipped somebody's back wheel um coming down the track flipped over broke her collarbone and it took her months um, one was age factor, I think, in terms of healing, but the other um, issue was the complication of the broken collarbone, the way that it was snapped and the way that it was potentially impeding on structures underneath the collarbone. So it took her quite a long time to recover physically. Um, but then when she got back on the bike, there was the issue about the psychological issues, you know, in terms of uh, will, I, will I be able to ride again on the track safely? Will I be able to ride on the road? And, and so she had the discomfort of the injury and then, of course, the psychological discomfort of um, getting back to it. But the only way that she could do that was basically get on the bike and overcome it. You just, you know, there's no, there's no, there isn't an easy, an easy uh, way out for that. You, you, you might start with a bit of fitness on a static bike because that's really helpful. You don't have to move your upper body, you know, all that kind of thing. Uh, or, you know, a, a wind trainer or something like that. But to get, you've just got to get back onto it when you can. Um, it's an interesting world I've worked in as well with some of these para athletes when they they suffer. Um, some of them suffer a lot of pain through the the you know the the, the ailments or the injuries that they have, or, or you know the disabilities that they have. So um, that's an incredible world to watch and, and work around as well, and, and how they overcome that. And that helps you. Well, it's helped me a little bit in terms of mindset. You know, sort of thinking. Um, you know, a little bit of pain here. That's not. I've still got four limbs, and I can still. You know, I haven't. I haven't got a brain injury. Um, I've worked with a couple of athletes, uh, masters athletes that have got concussion uh, uh, from accidents in either bike sports or other sports, and bringing them back into being able to ride successfully again in in races, for example, is quite interesting. Um, there's, there's a, you know, the, the, 
it's a generalization this I know but, but with brain injuries people get tired quite quickly so in terms of recovery it, it, you've got to take it tiny tiny steps um, spatial awareness um, one lady was working with in the bunch she, she couldn't ride on the inside of the bunch because it, it, it really did play with her head because of the injury she, the, 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 you know the brain injury she had um, months and months of work and eventually we, we overcame that but it was a long long slow process um, and again, you, you've got to be guided by the medical professionals and you've got to be guided by what your body's saying to you um, as to when it's right to come back and do things. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're a young rider, bear in mind, we're talking to an audience of over 50s. So we all have that safety valve mechanism that's built in, but we all have the issue of being older and taking longer to recover. Young riders will often hop back on the bike and they'll be done, you know, they'll be recovered in a week from fairly serious injuries. But we've just got to, at our age group, I guess we've just got to be a little bit more careful. Yeah, I think that that advice about getting back on the bike as quickly as you can afterwards, obviously if you you know, if you properly damage yourself, that might not be possible. But as you know, as soon as as soon as you can, I, I certainly I certainly get that. The the, the other thing that um, that I would suggest as well is is because when you're older I think you lose fitness quicker as well. And then it's and then it takes yeah. longer to to get it back. So if you can, just go on the go on the turbo trainer, indoor trainer, whatever you whatever you've Absolutely. got. And uh, if, if you know, as soon as you can get back onto that, you know, even if you've got like broken collarbone something like that, then you can still get on the on the turbo um, and yep. keep you know keep keep riding and just you know even just do little bits, but just keep your fitness up there because that will make it so much easier when you're ready to come back on the on the bike. I think the temptation is you just give up completely for a month or whatever. And yeah. then, you know, you're, you're going to be, it's going to take you a long time to get, to get back again. Well, I mean, that's what, uh, uh Roy, my friend did. She, she, um, she had a good setup in the garage, you know, in relation to a turbo trainer and the, they don't use Zwift. They use something else. It's another, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's another, um, you know, screen, technology where you can ride road races and stuff. And so, so she spent a lot of time just sitting upright until she was able to start moving her arm down towards the bars. Um, but it definitely helped in terms of keep, keeping her fitness up. Um, that's for sure. I'm, I'm working with a lady tomorrow, actually uh, one-to-one coaching session where she's 60, I think she's 62. And she's got a real fear now of uh, riding downhill because she had a head of you know, over the handlebars jobby and broke um broke a shoulder a while back so she's asked for some coaching uh to help her out and bring her back up to some kind of confidence in uh you know in terms of de- uh, descending and climbing but what i've said to her and this is the interesting part to this is uh, i said okay i've not seen you ride before we're going to start the session off um in a park on the flat on grass and her retort was, no, I can ride up and down hills. I want to um, get get straight back onto the hills. And, of course, I'm not going to allow her to do that until I've seen what she can and can't do because oftentimes you see it, um, riders have a, a perception of what they can do, which is actually not reality, if that makes sense. So I'm going to just take gentle steps with it, just make sure, for example, I've explained to her she needs to be able to stand up well on the pedals and have good platform, have the heels down, be able to get the arms in the right position before we get to any descent. So I'm just doing baby steps with her. If she if she progresses really quickly in the first session, we'll go straight to a hill. 
But, you know, as a coach, I wouldn't take somebody straight to a hill that I've never seen ride before or, or, or knowing that they've got some fear about descending and knowing that they've already broken something from from a crash, you know. So as part, as part of that, because I get that, you, know, you just need to check out the athlete and see, you know, position and, and, and stability and so on. Is there something there also about just, like, building up the confidence as well, just, like, yeah. getting them to do something really easy, you could do that, and then you, you just gradually introduce the the complexity of or difficulty of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, simple to complex. I mean, that's that's it's a, it's a, it's a very well used you know training method. But you always go simple to complex. But what I need to see is that she fully understands what a stable platform is for descending, because we're talking mountain bikes here, and we're talking off road environments, which are pretty you know, can be pretty challenging. They're not, we're not just sort of sitting in the seat, descending on a road bike, with, you know, into a corner. We're actually doing some, she, or she wants to do some fairly technical stuff. So I, it's, it'll be that part of that. I'll, I need to check out that she understands what this, what the process is, because I can guarantee you um, 95% of, um, of riders, if they've never, if they've never been on a, a mountain bike skills course, they don't understand what a stable platform is. They, they just ride a bike. And that's where a lot of accidents and injuries come from is not understanding how to control your bike, but also how to position yourself on the bike. So I'll, I'll, I'll use that as a confidence builder for her, but also just for me to check out what she understands and what she doesn't understand. And then I'll progress it from there. Now, if she knows the stable platform because she's done training before and she's had some good coaching and, and, and can get it, then it's easy, you know, for 10 minutes done and we're on to the next thing. Um, but I'll, I, I can almost almost guarantee you know that, that that there's some work to do there in terms of that you know so i i um i was out on a mountain bike about two three weeks ago and i've never had mountain bike skills coaching so i've had road and track skills coaching but never never mountain bike and yeah i well, i was in a i was with the kids cycling club, my son's cycling club so there's a few kind of adults coaches and and kids and uh yeah, I think it's fair to say I was pretty rubbish coming <laughs> coming downhill. They've got the kind of down downhill runs, and what how, how for somebody who's like me, who's you know a confident cyclist, I'm, you know I'm confident. I've no issues coming down these hills. I'm not worried about crashing particularly. I just don't seem to be very quick at it. What's that? Give me a two simple tips. Okay, for getting downhill faster. Yeah, right. So you need to go back to your childhood and BMX and mountain bike. So I'm being a bit facetious, but there's there lies the problem. We, we see a high proportion of extremely fit, confident cyclists who don't have the skill base because they didn't play on bikes as kids or they didn't play on mountain bikes or they didn't play on BMXs. And that's, that is not me exaggerating. That is, you know, a lot of high-end um, club riders uh, often don't have the bike handling skill. Even into the elite world, sometimes we get we get that to that level. So the, my recommendation for any rider at any level is because you can always learn. Is if you've never done a mountain bike skills course, go and do one um, at any age because they're, they're a good in, a good instructor in that world will 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 you know orientate the course around the needs of the rider. So it doesn't matter how old you are, they'll sort that out. And it's not scary. One, if they do it gently and they do it properly, it's actually uh, a fabulous way of learning bike handling skill. And we're, uh, what we see, uh, or I've seen, 
teenage riders who are super fit because they've been allowed to ride road and track bikes, but they've never had the skill base. I've seen masters riders who have ridden bikes for 50 years who are super fit. I mean, they've got a massive engine, but they have no skill or very little skill. So it is, it is in terms of preventing injury and in terms of becoming a better rider and getting down hills faster, you've got to do a skills course. So immediately what I would say to you is um, look at where you, how you how you sit on, or stand on the bike with your heels down. So if you get a little bit of a bend in your arms and stick your elbows out, put your heels down, look where you want the bike to go. Your stable platform has already started to develop. Now, it's not going to be perfect with me just saying that to you very quickly over the internet, but at least it will give you um, more stability for descending. So that's feet at the same height. So, you know, one foot in front of the other, obviously, but, but pretty much at the same height with the heels down. Um, that will get you faster over things. Now, if I'm coaching a, a mountain biker who is super fit with a super, you know, super big engine, the only way they're going to get faster on a mountain bike course is by being technically really good over things. So, you know, being able to ride over things, being able to ride uphill, jump over things, descend really quickly, that sort of stuff. So that, that's how you improve a mountain biker if they're already super fit. Just keep them keep them working on skill. Yeah, it is. I think, I think you're, that thing about some people not having done it or losing their childhood skills. I mean, one of the things that's great to be, when I go out with the, my son and his um, various other young people in the in the cycling club, is that they're they're all mad on showing off the tricks that they can do, the track stands and the yeah. bunny hops, and and then the ones that can't do it, of course, they're, they're off practicing trying to do it so they can do it as well. And um, yeah, yeah, and these these sort of things of of being able to do a track stand or a bunny hop or um, right, you know, riding slowly, no handed, all these sort of things, um, just make make it so much more enjoyable on the bike because you're you're just much more in control. I um I listened to a, a a webinar the other day. I was on it with with the National Sports Body here in New Zealand, and it was presented by our um. Uh, he's a good friend of mine actually. He's, he's the um, the hub and Olympic uh, BMX coach. So he'll be taking some of our riders to the Olympics if it goes ahead. Um, and BMX, of course, is a um, is a highly skillful, um, explosive sport. And when I looked at the sort of the way he, he mirrored everything that you know we've been teaching for years in terms of uh, skill development, but it's interesting that they, if they haven't got that skill base by around about the age of seven or eight then it's really, really hard for them to, to start to introduce that. Now, that doesn't mean that you're overtraining kids at a very young age. What that means is they need to play on a bike and be able to manual jump. And there was a third one as well, which BMX is really important. I think take corners or something. So it was there's three key things that they work on early on. And they work on it in a fun way so that that skill is there. So if the, if the child hasn't got it, you know, hasn't been able to to do that stuff and play on the bike and get it. So when they get to start becoming a bit more interested in the sport, they really struggle to get them at the age of 15, get in, because the fear's already started, is started to build in. Before the age of eight or seven, they don't have those safety valves, so they learn the skill a bit quicker. 
So, uh, and more effectively, so by the time you get to adult level, so you're getting into your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, all those safety valves are now in place. So it's incredibly hard to get somebody to learn how to descend properly on a mountain bike or jump or do any of those, those skillful things. So you see these masters, super fit riders, and they, they you know, they'll, 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 they'll do ridiculous times on, you know, in A grade, B grade, C grade, whatever, but ask them to do a jump. Ask them to pop a front wheel up. Ask them to barge into someone in a bunch and stay upright on the bike. Just, to, you know, it's, it's hard work for them because they haven't, they haven't learned it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we've kind of gone off a little bit of track on injuries, but it is the, it, 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 that stuff does prevent the injuries, you know? Yeah, yeah. Agree, agree. So as we as we um, come towards the end of the podcast, Foggy, let's come back to injuries. Um, so yeah, joints because knee knees and hips, aren't they? Especially when you get older. And yep. my um, at the moment, I've not. I wouldn't say I've got an injury, but when I get on the bike or on the turbo, um, my right knee makes just make this you know makes this horrendous clicking noise for about ten minutes, and then it just goes away. So I don't have I don't have a problem. But I've I've had issues you know issues in the past with both knees of just getting mm. you know joint pain in there. So advice, please, Foggy. What 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 am I doing wrong, and what what do I do to get it you know, help get it better when it comes back? Uh, again, depending on what the injury is in your knee, or whether it's wear and tear, it's a you know a long-standing thing, whatever. You need to get it medically checked. But oftentimes, these these knee pain type and hip pain type uh, occurrences are because you're not fitted well on the bike. And even a tiny movement of a centimetre or two here with the seat or the bars or whatever can, can resolve a lot of that stuff. So first of all, I mean, the advice would be get it checked out medically to find out whether a medical person can understand what it is and a sports medical person that's not just going to palm you off. And also, at the same, you know, at the same time, is get a, a really decent bike fitter to that understands biomechanics and understands cycling properly to fit you on the bike um i, I you know i i shifted my just a personal thing i was getting sore in the knees and someone uh, a coach who was riding with me at that time looked at what how i was riding and said you need to shift your seat up by a centimeter um and we did it stopped at the side of the road bang put the seat up and yeah hey presto not getting the pain and it was a tiny movement um, that they could see and I felt I felt okay on the bike, but I was just getting sore knees, and it solved the problem. So um, remember that cycle sport and cycling is low impact until you crash, and then it's high impact. But the, the low impact's good for recovery. It's good for um, for overcoming those injuries. But you've got to get the right advice in terms of fit. Yeah. Yeah, bike. Yeah, uh, yeah, bike fit. I mean, I've I've had a, cu- a couple of bike fits over the last five years or so, and. The first one was okay, um, but the second one was really good because it did. Because I had a few yeah. like um, across my back, shoulders, neck, um, and and also I, my, I was I had the opposite issue is that when I went for the last bike fit, they said your saddle's too high, and actually right enough because when when I looked, I could see as I was pedaling, but it was particularly my left leg, my left knee. As I came to the um, the, the bottom, well, no, sorry, as I came to the top of the kind of the pedal, um, you could just see this little movement in the knee. So I was just, I just, yeah, and I, and I, I think that was causing me a few, um, a few issues. So now, yeah, I've 
dropped down by <clears throat> excuse me about a centimeter or so, and that's made a that's that's made a big difference. But I I I've when I, going back to my running days, I used to get a lot of um, sciatic problems, sciatic nerve issues, and I would go out for runs sometimes, and it would be you know fifteen minutes or so before that eased. Even if I did some stretching beforehand, it eased off. So I think I've still got a bit of a legacy of that because I'm. Um, you know, because I think the sciatic nerves cause can cause issues right down the yeah, back of your hamstrings yeah. into your knee yeah. and down. Um, yeah. So I I just have this, which is probably it's not. I'm not I'm not advising this, but um, my my philosophy with most things is you just keep pedaling on, and eventually they go away. And if they don't go away, <laughs> then you know you've got a problem that you need to get sorted out. So I don't I, I don't know if that's a good advice or not for me. Well, I think I I mean there's a. The, it, the, the, one of the issues here is, is that everybody's different, right? So there's and all these 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 sort of um, little pains, niggles, injuries, whatever need need to be individually looked at. There's a, there's a couple of good things you can do is you jump on a walk bike uh, that's that's set up properly and learn how your pedal stroke works because on a, on a walk bike it, it can show you whether your your you know your this so you're pedaling in squares or you've got a nice even stroke or one leg stronger than the other. And it can actually give you that on a, you know, on the screen in front of you. So you can then start to train towards that. If you haven't got the ability to get on a walk bike, a simple thing you can do is, is park a um, turbo trainer in front of a mirror and, and watch your legs. I, I did a lot of spinning classes um, over the years and generally in spinning studios, you've got mirrors because it's the, you know, it's the gym that they do all the other exercise classes in and stuff like that they use mirrors for. But often they're quite good if you park yourself right in front of it and just look at how you pedal. And often you'll see, I'm just doing this with my hands now, but you'll see a knee just going out on a little bit of an angle as you pedal. And then once you've seen it in yourself, you might be able to start adjusting that. But again, you know, probably good advice to get good advice, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that, no, that's good. Okay, good, good advice, Foggy. I think uh, the... Certainly, the, some of the sessions that I've been um, kind of given by coaches in the past involve high cadence work, and I think that yep. you know spinning fast for a good period of time, like a hundred, hundred plus, um, you know that, that sort of high high cadence almost forces yep. your body into much more efficient and smoother um, smoother cycling. And the other things, yeah, yeah, again, get just get, keeping it as smooth as possible. And the other thing is just like how you visualize the, the, the pedal stroke um, and think about, you know, just keeping it smooth all the way around. So you're just keeping the same amount of pressure on the pedal yeah. all the way around so that you're, you know, you're pushing down, you're scraping the bottom, you're pulling the foot, you know, so you've just got that. Um, but yeah, the, what, these walk bikes are great, aren't they? Because you can, for those who haven't seen the, that kind of feature of a walk bike or, or other other types of um these training bikes is that on the screen it can show how even your pedaling is and if you're Absolutely. if you've got very uneven pedaling it's like a figure of eight isn't it and the more yeah, uneven sure. the more close the closer it's to figure of eight but if you if you cycle with perfect even pressure the whole time you just get this beautiful circle <laughs> so if you can manage to do that then you know you're you're cycling pretty efficiently yeah i mean a lot of gyms have um uh walk bikes these days because they're, they're, they're they're pretty uh Pretty common thing across the world. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So on right. that mm. note of perfect pedaling, which of course both you and I do all the time, Foggy. Of course not. I mean, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's say goodbye. So thanks, Foggy. 
good speeches always. Yeah, no worries. Bye, everyone.